Welcome, everybody. This is Talk the Walk Podcast. I'm your host, Ken, joined by my co-host, Derek. How's it going? It's going. You know the NFL's fixed. That's why the Bears beat the Patriots, because you know the Vegas always wins, you know, because the NFL's fixed. All right. I wasn't expecting that. So, all right, Monday Night, <laughs> Monday Night Football, Bears and the Pats. So, Pats had a um, had a rough game today. Didn't do shit the second half. Mag Jones came in to start the game, and it was weird because from before the game even started, you saw Bailey Zappi warming up, all kitted up, a helmet on and everything. So automatically I'm thinking, yo, who the fuck is starting? And I'm sure Mag Jones is probably thinking the same thing. Like, yo, why is this motherfucker on the sideline? warming up right now when I'm supposed to be starting the game. The Bears uh take a take an early lead, you know, get get up by ten points. Mac ends up getting pulled from the game in the second quarter, uh, with still ten plus minutes to go. Uh and this is after he slid and uh and hit uh number nine Brisker in the nuts. I don't know if you saw that play in the first half. Yeah. Um following that play Brister uh, gets a pick, you know, to get him back. Um, and then, you know, Pat's come uh, – as soon as he walks on the sideline, you can see him saying, I'm out, I'm out. Uh, Zappy comes in and uh, just starts lighting on fire instantly. Um, throws a 30-yard pass to, uh, to Jacoby Myers. And then uh, – Second drive, first pass was a 43-yard bomb to uh, Devontae Parker. Right after that pass, <laughs> you see uh, Bailey Zappi walk at the Matt Jones and uh, pulls his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a little soundbite from uh, what 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 Max said or what uh, Zappi said to Mac on the sideline. Uh, here we go. Dick drive his car, not pussy. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, so, so needless to say, after that, uh, they didn't do shit. Uh, you could see little glimpses of uh, what they want to do through the through the deep ball, but Chicago ends up closing that out. Um, 33 to 14. Like I said, Pats didn't do shit in the second half. Uh, after that 43 yard bomb to um. To Devonte, um, what's that? Ramondre Stevenson ended up running in for uh, for their second score, but that was about it. You know, you got yeah. some yards from Stevenson, but there there wasn't really much going on. Uh, you know, the the Bears clamped it down on on um on the Pats in the second half, and yeah, there wasn't really much going on after that. Uh, but any comments from from that game? I mean, it, it it was uh, it, I mean, it was it was kind of predictable in the sense that uh, you know, you the, the they knew what the Bears' offense was gonna do, and um, and were unable to stop it. And for some reason, he came out hot, and then it just went right back to just the same old non-scoring pick-throwing offense. So, um, yeah, he definitely fizzled out. 
who knows who's going to start the next game because you can't definitively say that Zappi outplayed Mac Jones. He did in the last two games, but in prime time, aside from, you know, the two touchdowns early that he was responsible for, um, he didn't really do much. So, and it, I mean, it was the Bears. Like, for the most part, the Bears don't really play defense. I mean, you could pretty much run all over them, which, I mean, they, they were doing that. But um, for the, the when they decided enough with the big plays, they were able to shut them down. So, Zappy, we'll, we'll see what happens because, you know, maybe maybe they'll take turns every other drive. But it definitely looked like Mac Jones was about to cry when he got pulled out. That's why he kept his helmet on. That's why there's certain games where you got to wear that visor. And uh, he went with the clear visor instead of the tinted one. Uh, he, <laughs> he definitely should have wore that tinted one. Yeah, he wore that tinted one. about to cry. Yeah, every time they showed the sideline, you saw Mac Jones standing there um, almost wishing that Bill would put him in. Um, and it's fucked up because – you know, as soon as Zappy got put in, you saw this this offense ignite. You know, for two consecutive drives, and then it was just it was like after halftime, something you don't see from you know the past with Bill Belichick's offense, um, where they just fall apart. Yeah, you know, back, and that that's that's unfortunate for them. But you know, I I can care less. It's the Pats. Right, Justin yeah. Fields made great plays. He did make great plays, and it was shock. It was a shock to see because normally Belichick's defenses do play well. Uh, so the fact that they were able to pretty much do whatever they wanted was was pretty impressive, and it just shows the potential of what Fields can do. I mean, the team, I think they definitely have their quarterback. It's just a matter of building around him, and I think they'll eventually. They should eventually be good, but right now they're like semi trash, like. You know, they'll win some games every now and then, but for the most part, they're a trash team. Yeah, it was good to see him um, kind of come into his own a little bit uh, tonight. And it, I feel like the the Bears have been on prime time more than anyone uh, this year, in, including like the, the maybe Denver. Maybe it's just the games that they played in. But um, I feel like I've seen Chicago so many times and, you know, later later games. Maybe that's just me, but um, it was good to see him finally get into his own a little bit. So, um, you know, he he's much better on the run, kind of like Russell Wilson is. You know, he's uh, yeah, he's not exactly that pocket passer. Yeah, right? like a lot of a lot of quarterbacks or a lot of co- coaches want to see from the quarterback. Sometimes that you is- just got to accept that. You know, you have a mobile quarterback, let them stick with what they know. You don't have to do what, you know, some coaches do where they just do these RPOs or run pass options and just have your QB take off, which, I mean, Justin Vils has was keeping the drives alive by doing that. But, you know, if they're better throwing on the run or getting out of that pocket, let them do that. You know, build that or build your offense around that. And, you know, you'll see what, what they're capable of from there. So, yeah. We'll see what happens whenever they get weapons. Because right now, I mean, they, Mooney's probably his best target, and uh, so so we'll see after they draft a a couple of weapons for him if they get better. All right. So, um, big news this past weekend was Christian McCaffrey getting traded to the Forty ers Um, 
As I said last time, I'm a 49ers fan. Have been so for since you've known me. Um, and as as nice as it is to have someone like McCaffrey, uh, with everything going on, with all the injuries that that the Niners, you know, you see with the Niners year in and year out, uh, it's not a good look. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's 26 years old. It's not like he's played you know, full seasons since he's been in the league. So uh, it's, it's, it was a little rough to see. He had a pre- pretty decent start to the game, but um, I, I really wish they would have focused on more needs. Like, uh, you know, their secondary who's, who's banged up. Uh, you, you saw them get torched against Kansas city this past week. Uh, you yeah. know, their D line is it's, it's hurting right now. We got two tackles that are out that are covering the middle, which would be Javon Kinlaw. He's out. Had surgery on his knee um, probably last season, came back, got re-aggravated. And Eric Armstead, he's out with a foot injury. They were talking about putting him on IR. Uh, I'm not sure if that'll get done yet. Um, and Dre Greenlaw was out for most of the game. He's our, our line, one of our linebackers. You know, he's one of the best linebackers on our team, aside from um, Fred Warner. But, you know, you, you have key key injuries. And, uh, you know, you get these fans that wonder why we're losing. You know, and also Mooney Ward, uh, Traverius Ward, who came from Kansas City. You know, most of the season, you'll see him, um, you know, pretty much deflect a pass that could have been a touchdown numerous times. Uh, when you have someone like that, a lockdown corner go out or that's dealing with a grown injury, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to win games. You know, you can't always do it with rookies or, you know, um, or young talent that, that aren't really, really um, in tune with the rest of the defense. Um, so I wouldn't say I, you know, I'm hearing a lot of things where, you know, people are blaming, saying Kyle Shanahan, I can't, uh, Kyle Shanahan should be fired. Uh, they're blaming this loss on D'Amico Ryan's, and of course, the number one excuse that I hear all the time is blaming it on Jimmy G. All right, so Jimmy G went for uh, twenty-five for third uh, for thirty-seven for three hundred three yards, and threw two uh, touchdowns and one interception. I don't think it was him. Now. Jimmy G does not stop Kansas City from scoring 44 fucking points. Yeah. All right. You can't put that on his shoulders. Well, I mean, uh, I, I feel like there's a there's a couple things uh in in that game. I will say that there was a lot of hype going in. You know, the 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 trade was a big trade. McCaffrey is a great running back. Um I even heard somebody refer to him as the white Walter Payton. And so there was a lot of hype going into this game. And it was shocking to see that he touched the ball as many times as he did. Because I, you know, honestly, I didn't think that the running back position was really a need that had to be filled like that. But if you get an opportunity to get a player like McCaffrey, you know, you kind of, I can understand why they did it. And there were certain plays, like there was a, there was a, a a dump off check down to the to the side to the flat where any other running back would have caught that went right out of bounds it would have been 2 yards but now McCaffrey 
And they caught it, cut in, made it like a five-yard gain. And those little things that he's able to do, I do think are going to make a difference on the offensive side of the ball. The good news is that it's the Chiefs, and they're an AFC team. Like, in all reality, you know, this isn't a team that the Niners are going to have to face in the playoffs. And um, so it's really it's really only a problem if they, you know, if they make it to the Super Bowl. And uh, with time and all that, I do think they'll get better. But as far as Jimmy G, I mean, there are times where the man does have, I don't know, where he makes questionable decisions. Um, because that interception he threw, they, they were inside, what, the five? When he threw that pick, they were inside the 10. Like, you have yeah, to he, get he points. He threw it on the goal line. Yeah, on the goal line, yeah, he threw it. And that was after right, a You key. have to get points on, on that drive. You cannot throw a pick in that situation, not in the way that he did it. Like, he didn't have his feet set. He just lobbed it up there. It was short. Looked like a Tua throw. It was all underthrown. So, I, I do think there's times where he makes questionable decisions. Um when he doesn't necessarily need to, when you when you need the points, um, but as far as him being him being at fault, I wouldn't go that far either. Because I mean, with with Trey Lance, the Niners lost to the Bears, so Trey Lance would have been much worse. And I think right now Jimmy G is the best chance that the Niners have to win. And here's the thing I I that I have to say about Trey Lance, uh, a lot of. I call them Fairweather fans because I, I feel like they weren't around through the whole, uh, like the Jeff Garcia days or Tim Rothay or when the Niners, uh, you know, came off of, uh, you know, Steve Young, you know, the Steve Young era. And, uh, you know, that didn't, that didn't sit through the, all oh, the bad years with the Niners. You know, you expect, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about last year. You know, they started out with a worse start. They had th- they were three and five. I think they went on like a four or five game, game skid. They were calling for Shanahan's head, and I'm telling people, calm the fuck down. It's still the beginning of the season. It's not even halfway through. What happens? We make it to the championship game, NFC championship game. Uh, it's still early. Don't panic. But as far as Trey Lance goes, don't hang your – do not just – don't hang all your hopes on him. Because if you remember last year, the man got injured, like when Jimmy got injured uh, early in the season, he was out for two weeks. So he got injured halfway through week three playing the Seahawks. You know, Trey Lance finished that game and then came in to start against the Cardinals. Got injured that game. So um, I I'm, I think it's, it's starting to become a thing where he says, yeah, he might be an electrifying player when he gets to that point. But my question is, can he stay healthy? Um, and, you know, that's a that's a big thing. Can can you stay healthy in this league in order to get to that point? And I don't think that he's going to get that that chance. Um, you know, those uh those leg injuries are they're, they're no joke. Even um, even with the advances of medicine, there's still no advances in the human body. Uh, there's almost there's only so much a man can take the human body can take and, and everyone's different. Um, so one might heal better than, than the next, but, um, like I said, you can't, I, I, I wouldn't put all your hopes in Trey Lance and thinking that he's going to just suddenly turn this team around. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's a couple years out, but I mean he's out for the rest of this season. So in the in the meantime, uh I do think that the Niners, based on the move for McCaffrey, definitely put all their chips in for this year. And um, I mean, I don't blame them. When you look at the NFC, aside from maybe the Eagles, and they can't even score in the second half, uh, there really is no other team because you know, you have the you have the teams that are in the NFC that will be in the playoffs that the Niners will have to face. Um, are not as good as the Chiefs or the Bills. Like those, those two teams um, are better than, in my opinion, better than any NFC team. So it's uh, I understand why they did it. It's just one of those unnecessary positions. Like I, I feel like when you look at the Super Bowl winners in past years, uh, it's, you've never looked at it and said, "Oh man, when they got that running back, they really turned it on." Or, man, when they got that receiver, like, you really – there's certain positions that you don't necessarily need to make runs. Um, the main one is tight end. You do have to have a good tight end, and you have to have a great defense. And so when the defense gets healthy, we'll see. Maybe they have the the capability of being a good uh, a Super Bowl defense, but right now it's hard to tell because there's so many injuries. But uh, I know that I know they're trying to do it on offense. And um, good luck because I feel like the Chiefs and the Bills have great offenses. And then the Bills, which, I mean, Vegas and a lot of people think are going to be in the Super Bowl, their defense got better. So now you have to compete against a team that can score all the time as well as defend. So um, it's definitely an uphill battle. But that's why whenever they picked up McCaffrey, you see the Vegas odds. It's not like they became favorites. They're, I mean, yeah, they the, the payout – uh, went down some if you if you put money on the Niners, but it's not like Vegas automatically made them Super Bowl favorites. They're not even NFC favorites, so it's a it's a good move. It's a cool move. It's a Madden move because in Madden the Niners are definitely better now. But uh, as far as like you know being being more competitive and who knows maybe maybe Shanahan has some special scheme for the playoffs, but I don't know. I doubt it. I did enjoy seeing Shanahan be a little more aggressive, and I, I'm I think it's because he was going against an aggressive team in the Chiefs. Um, you finally saw, and I, I commented on George Kittle last week, um, how he wasn't getting utilized the way a tight end should, um, especially someone of his his caliber. I mean, he went for six receptions for for almost 100 yards, 98 yards, and a touchdown which mm-hmm. is something we haven't seen from him in a long time. Um, so it's good to see that he's finally using Kittle, uh, you know, to do what he does best. You know, yeah, it's nice to have, have him block because he's a great blocker, but, you know, when, when you need to put points on the board, uh, you know, you need to start chucking that ball. And it, it was good to see him, him doing that, him with Ayuk, um Kansas City had an answer for Debo. Uh, they definitely didn't want him to beat them. Um, but it, it was nice seeing that. And one another thing I can say about, you know, having McCaffrey there is, is I don't, I'm hoping that I don't have to worry about them handing the ball off to Debo in the backfield anymore. Um, because I mean, you I, have to. You have to. I, you I cannot that, not give Debo carries. I get that, but and you start seeing more teams using their their wideouts that way, 
as a as a wide back, but at the same time, uh, with a run heavy team, it's like you see these injuries, and and Debo has shown that you know he can get the, the air knocked out of him, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why he he had requested a trade early in the offseason was like, dude, y'all are using the shit out of me. Um, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm running routes and I'm being used in the backfield. Like, come on, man. Like, and for a team that, that has so many running backs and so many weapons on offense, I, I get why they do it. But at the same time, it's like, man, you, I, I'm hoping having him there and with this Elijah Mitchell coming back soon, hopefully, that it takes a little bit of a lighter load on, on Debo in the backfield and allow him to, you know, catch the ball further down the field and, and do what he does best, which is the yards at the catch, um, the Yak brothers. But um, let's uh, – now another another thing I was hearing uh, this, past, this past weekend was um, they had a 10-year anniversary for the 2012-49er team with Jim Harbaugh there and that 2012 – 2012 uh, team and one of the conversations that, that I heard was who would you prefer Jim Harbaugh or Kyle Shanahan as head coach I mean I would have to say I prefer uh, uh, Mike Singletary because you need a coach who's going to drop his pants in front of the team and uh, <laughs> Harbaugh and Shanahan <laughs> neither of them did that shit so I would Send have to say Singletary <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's in the locker room. <laughs> yep, he's his best player in the locker room. He dropped his pants in front of the team. Like you need that type of coach. So if we're talking about the Niners, I would say I would say that would be the the best one. But if you're comparing Shanahan and and Harbaugh, they both lost Super Bowls, so there's really not much to compare. Like I mean, which loss did you like better? Did you enjoy more? The one against the Ravens or the one against the Chiefs? So I, I guess really... it's more of coaching style and everything. Uh, but yeah, you're right. We did go to each of them went to a champion NFC Championship game. Each of them went to a to a Super Bowl and, and lost. And yeah, I guess the the whole thing right now is Shanahan is under 500 as a head coach, and of mm. course, uh, majority of those losses were when Jimmy was out. Yeah. Um, now, I would say Harbaugh, the Harbaugh Niners were better. Um, I think the defense was better, and the team came together better because they didn't give away every single draft pick that they, you know, that they had. They didn't give away any draft picks for any players. Like, that team was constructed uh, the way it was supposed to be. So, I don't, you know, I would say that that was better. The Shanahan team, I don't, I don't know. I can't help but to think of where this team would be had those first-rounders not been given away for Trey Lance because, in a way, they're wasted first-round picks. So, it's I don't know. It's hard to – I would say in that stand, from that standpoint, it would have to be the Harbaugh team because right. they had picks still. They actually drafted. Right, right. Yeah, Shanahan's got the shortcut team. The shortcut yeah. Madden team. And there is, uh, you know, granted there is no guarantee with the draft whether that draft is going to pan out, but still, like, taking that many, you know, sending that many picks out for one person, it, it, it's, it reminds me of the Rick Williams thing when mm -hmm. he got brought into the league. It was like, yo, you gave away 
everything, the kitchen sink, you know, yeah. your mom's car, everything for Ricky right. Williams. Right, um, but the but the Saints because it was the Saints at the time, right, that drafted him. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. they were not a good team. You know, the when the Niners did it, they were coming off a Super Bowl appearance, and so I don't know it. It almost seems I, unnecessary in the sense that you're like, yeah, you know, we, you know, you just went. Uh, you don't necessarily need to reinvent the whole quarterback position. You just have to improve. The whole idea behind that was that uh, Josh Allen and the Bills completely annihilated the Niners, and that kind of put a gave Kyle Shanahan some nightmares. So he was like, oh, man, I need a fucking mobile quarterback that has a cannon for an arm because uh, that's what I want. But uh, when you give away your, your whole draft capital, it's like for a guy that, you know, was pretty unproven in college because, you know, the whole COVID thing, you know, you, you kind of – it's kind of like, ah, shit. You know, I, it was desperation. To me, it looks like des- just like this this Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey thing. You know, he saw that the Rams were interested, and he was like, fuck that. Nah. Nah. Rams right. are interested? Chiefs are interested? Nah, fuck that. Nah, I'm gonna, I'll take that off your hands just in case we see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And just in case, you know, it comes down to it like last year where we got to see the Rams again, you know, right. I'm going to take that one weapon away from you guys that can, you know, and if anyone needs weapons, the Rams, obviously they need something, you know, to happen. Let's hope they didn't get it together during their bye week. They did it. And, and uh, the Niners go in there and, and give them another L. Yeah, they did not Those motherfuckers still don't block. Yeah. Stafford's still going to have a, a body in his face every play. So, yeah, no, I guarantee you the Rams have not changed. They did not get anything together. Whitworth did not come back to block for them. All right, so moving on. Um, let's go to your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas beats Detroit's ass 24-6. Uh, to six. Dak had uh, – Went 19 for 25 for 207 yards, uh, one TD. Uh, Zeke had two rushing touchdowns. He had a he had a bit of a scare in the first half. Got a little up a little slow, but he came back in the second half. Had two, uh, you know, one yard rushing touchdowns. Dallas still yeah. has that one two punch, which is kind of what I what I hope the Niners will do with their running backs, since uh, the Niners are you know are running back heavy right now. I hope they do the same thing that kind of Dallas is doing with uh, Zeke and Pollard. Give them that one-two punch. Don't don't rely uh, uh, heavily on just one running back. You see them rotate them out. When Zeke gets a little tired, they throw Pollard in there. Pollard usually busts out some big-ass run. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good recipe. And, and I'm glad that to see that Dallas is – didn't get away from the rushing game uh, when Dak came back. So, you know, they saw that that was a formula to win. Yeah. And they're continuing it now just with a better quarterback. Yeah, I uh, mean, the game was closer than the score showed. Because they, I mean, the, the, the Lions were in it. And I and I wonder if St. Brown didn't leave 
with a concussion in the in the first quarter. I wonder if they could have possibly pulled it out. Um, it's hard to tell, but I I do know that that game was a lot closer than it looked. And Dak, you could tell he was rusty. You could tell he heard the chatter of Cooper Rush taking his job possibly because, I mean, he was going for it. He was forcing a lot of throws in that game early. Um, and it, it just showed that, that he just, for some reason, it looked like he wanted to prove that, you know, Cooper Rush wasn't going to take his job, which, no, I don't think anybody really thought that, uh, especially after the Eagles game. But, yeah, there were definitely signs of rust. There were a couple of picks that he threw, but they were dropped because, you know, Detroit's trash. Detroit does Detroit shit, so they were trash. And uh, they fumbled at the one-yard line. So, yeah, they, I mean, there were a lot of mistakes. And then Goff just could not stop throwing picks. Um, so there were mistakes that they had that, you know, you could, you could kind of tell uh, they're, they're a year or two away from being competitive because they, they do have a good team. They have a good core, but they still make mistakes. And when, when St. Brown's not there and that's Goff's number one target and then Swift wasn't playing either, that's their best running back, it's hard to get a good gauge on, on Detroit without those two players. They really need those players because for the most part, they were, I mean, they were, they were in the game pretty much until the end. And then the thing is Dallas, the way the defense is set up, once there's a lead and the other team has to throw the ball, that's when Micah Parsons shines. That's when he's all over the quarterback. That's when he's single-handedly distributing CTE to all the quarterbacks. So, yeah. (laughs) Here we go with the CTE. (laughs) Now, it was pretty close all the way up to, like, the third quarter. And then that was when you saw the game really start pulling away from from the Lions. But, but yeah, that, you know, with all the talk about Dak, and I I, I say this about every team, they have their – just like I did with the Niners, they have their group of fair-weather fans who who weren't there to see the – or. You know that are there just to just to talk shit pretty much, or just yeah. to you know ruffle everyone's feathers. Because um, anyone that's paid attention to the game or paid attention to Dallas knows that despite his his four wins, uh, Cooper Rush wasn't going to take Dak's job. Uh, right. I think you you said it perfectly. When the lights are bright, uh, you really saw um, saw you know the difference between the two quarterbacks. You know, yeah. Dak has been in those positions before, um, and Cooper Rush, he's still new to that. But, you know, you still saw saw glimpses where, where he can improve. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, real fans knew that there was no, no controversy there. It was just, you know, he held it down like a backup should. And uh, and that that's that pretty much now, now yeah. that Dak's back. Now, granted, he was in a rush to get back because of because of those wins. I guess you, you want to strike while the iron's hot. I don't blame him. But, yeah. um, you know, because even looking back when Dak took uh, the job from Romo, it, it happened a similar way. Romo went down, Dak came in, and they won on like a, what, like an eight-game winning streak or some shit like that. But it was still uh, the formula that they have now where it's, you know, run first, then pass. You know, you build it off the running game, and then then you go from there. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it was – it did look a lot closer than it was, um, than the score, you know, originally showed. But, uh, 
yeah, Dallas actually stays home this this coming weekend. They'll see uh, the Chicago Bears, you know, in week eight. And then just like the Niners, they they have a, a week nine bye. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Bears, I mean, I, I feel like that, that should be a win regardless of who plays quarterback. So, um. We'll we'll see, but uh, but yeah, I I think the defense for the Cowboys right now is impressive, and I think especially when the and when there's a lead, and the other and the offense has to throw the ball to catch up the other team's offense, um, that's when that's when they're at their best because there's nothing but pass rushers on that defense, and then you still have Diggs out there picking passes off. So, yeah, the Dallas defense is no joke. I definitely think when. You know, if if the Niners wanted that smoke this year, it would be it would be different. So, well, let's we'll see, see how what the happens NFC when playoff picture. Pans yeah, out. we're gonna see because uh, hopefully by that point the Niners are gonna be healthy, and I don't think Dallas wants that. I don't think they do. I mean, we had to show them what it was last year, and <laughs> I think it's gonna be the same the same uh, song and dance. Yeah, but, I do like I mean, the NFC East though. The way the <laughs> NFC East looks. Yeah, they are um, looking good. They're looking strong. And yeah. I think with Dallas, their defense is starting to look – It's with Micah Parsons, it's looking like what I thought they would look like when Alden Smith was there because when he, Alden Smith w- was with the Niners, he was a fucking train. There was yeah. no stopping him. And then, you know, it was just, you know, those off-field issues really caught up with him. And – uh yeah, I really thought that he would make Dallas into, you know, the defense kind of like they are today. But, yeah. um, you know, you you see that with, with Micah Parsons. Uh, and you saw it actually in the Eagles game where, uh, yeah. you know, you saw him rushing um, Jalen Hurts. And then, you know, in the second half, you really saw him kind of – them kind of pick up on his shit. And that's why you saw, like, uh, Philly wasn't able to do anything in the second half really. You know, if uh, that game was just one more quarter longer, it might have been, been a yeah. different story. But, yeah, no, uh, I do. Yeah. I do remember Alden Smith. Now that you mention it, I feel like uh, I feel like players that have DUIs are good at getting to the passer. For some reason, they're good at rushing the passer. Between uh, DUIs and domestic violence, I feel like those players are normally <laughs> good at getting to the quarterback. I don't know and, why that is, but and with Dallas's history of picking up uh, problem childs, I thought it might work. You know, they they held on to Pac-Man Jones for it seemed yeah. like forever. You know, with all his issues and yeah, similar thing with drinking, drinking and everything. So I thought that they would be able to work something out. Uh, Jerry seems to have a, a keen eye for that. You know, these players that yeah. have trouble, trouble. Yeah, uh, if you can't pass a background check, Dallas is the team. I'm pretty what? sure there's no, there aren't too many players on that team that can pass a background check. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's definitely where you want to go when you have when you have a criminal history. Um, but yeah, Alden, Alden Smith, I think he eventually no, he left. It was more of a contract thing. He was, you know, because he he did kind of have a have a second. He did come back, and then he was able to find more money elsewhere. I forgot where he signed. Uh, but I mean, I do like that about Jerry Jones that he's willing to take chances on, you know, give people second chances, you know, sometimes third and fourth chances. But you know, um, you know, he's giving these guys an opportunity to, to you know, turn their lives around, and you know, yeah. He, and Jerry he, Jones, 
Yeah, and I don't know if you heard, but Jerry Jones did tell Robert Kraft, don't fuck with me. Yeah. Like, he had to let his ass know. He had to I let his that. ass know real quick. Like, I will come out of this suit. And, yeah. and I heard about that. Yeah, he thought, I, I get Robert Kraft thought Jerry was sweet. Jerry had to let him know this ain't the massage parlor. Like, I will, you know what I'm saying? He would give him that work, give him that smoke. So uh, I I do feel like Jerry still got it in him. He'd have probably I don't know who that's it won. That's just that that's that money talking right there. That's when you got so much money where you're just like, do you really want to fuck with me? Right. How much money? How deep my pockets are right now? Yeah. You do realize I came from what well, did didn't he like come from like an oil? Yeah. Realize what I came from, so I you know. I don't think you really want to fuck with me. You know, don't don't let the caviar and all that shit fool you. I'm I'll fuck you up. And if it's I not wonder me, though, I'll... what type of yeah, I wonder what type of don't fuck with me it was. Like, was it a standing up? You know, took the jacket off, took the blazer off. Like, don't fuck with me. Or was it like an old man? Hey, don't fuck with me. You know, but like sitting down, uh, like Clint Eastwood, don't fuck with me, right? Don't fuck with me, (laughs) giving you the side (laughs) eye. (laughs) Don't fuck with me. Oh shit! Look at Grandpa; he's reliving his nom days. Yo, I think it was. I think I don't know what it was. (laughs) I think they were talking about Goodell or something like that, and. Yeah, and Jerry. Miguel, Jerry uh, had to let his ass know. Jerry had to let Dan Snyder know too. Like, you don't got shit with, on me. Yeah, they weren't. He didn't agree with Goodell getting uh, whatever money he was getting for something. Oh, for the uh, what is it? Uh, Legends for uh, the business they have. Um, and what, and I guess Goodell? yeah, and Goodell was getting getting more money than he thought he. Uh, he deserved, but um, let me look it up right now. Jerry Jones, legend. I believe it's yeah, called Legends, I... where they where they build uh Legends is a food, beverage, merchandise, retail, stadium operations corporation, uh, serving ever- entertainment venues and companies. So yeah, that's uh that's by uh Global Enterprises and Jerry Jones, and yeah, pretty much um from what I heard. He wasn't real happy with um, kind of Roger Goodell getting his, taking his cut, and you know, some of the side stepping the way. He's like, "Look, man, don't fuck with me. You, you know who the fuck I am? I can see him doing that, <laughs> like him saying, don't fuck with you know me.' Who the fuck I am? And then you know, then <laughs> you got bitches in the background going, "Oh shit, Jerry Young getting mad." <laughs> But <laughs> I just know that I just know that room was just old. Like, just nothing, like, like nobody's breaking that. Shit like up. champagne and bang bang. <laughs> like, just fucking old ass dudes in there. Cause Jerry, Jerry can't even take a selfie without needing help from from one of the employees. So I just I know that you're... press conference room was just old as shit. People just don't you fuck with me. Like, I got Jerry Jones having a sword. He got like a gun or a sword in his cane. Yeah, yeah. He, I yeah. definitely see Jerry Jones doing that uh, with the yeah. cowboy hat. And, all right, moving on. Jerry... <laughs> so, uh, two uh, 
not Tua, but uh, not yet. Chief quarterback. You love talking uh, about Tua. Motherfucker, here we go. So <laughs> we got Tua. Tua. See, now you got me saying Tua. Now, two two quarterbacks took losses this weekend. Uh, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, and you got Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Uh, oh, yeah, speaking of wait. old men. <laughs> that's, that's what brought it up talking about these old ass men <laughs> so so Tampa Bay falls to the Panthers of all teams uh, 21 to 3 and I think they just kicked the field goal just so they wouldn't be you know shut out I think that was just the main thing like you know fuck being respectable going for it on fourth and whatever let's just kick this field goal so when we don't get this uh when we get the instead of getting turnover and downs, let's just walk away with points, thinking that that right. might you know, do something. Mike Evans missed a wide open fucking touchdown pass. Um, I mean, and they see the Ravens this Thursday. Like, yeah, that's more time to get your shit together um, after a, an embarrassing loss against a team that just. Just said, fuck this. So, you know, we're, we're working with our third-string quarterback, P.J. Walker. Um, you know. It, it, Which is actually better than the other two. I mean, you could make the argument based on based on what he's done so far that he's better than Baker. He's definitely yeah. been better than Darnold. You know, he's yeah, getting when, D.J. Moore involved, which, when, you know, for some reason the other him, quarterbacks can't do. When they put him in, when they were playing the Niners, I – you know, you saw glimpses of, uh, you know, this kid might have something. Um, and, you know, Panthers are obviously, ever since they got rid of Matt Rule, um, they're obviously in a rebuilding stage. So, I mean, they got three extra picks this year from the Niners, one from them for next year. Uh, you know, they have second, third, and fourth, and a fifth next year. So, you know, the Panthers are looking like, all right, well – I see them definitely picking up a QB unless, mm-hmm. you know, PJ Walker proves himself this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Bryce Young from Alabama comes in. No, they're definitely getting a quarterback, 100%. And and they're not going to start going on a winning streak. I mean, let's be honest. I don't I don't see it happening. Uh and they're not in a full rebuild because I don't know if you've heard if you heard they had the option of trading Burns for two first round picks. And they decided to pass on that and trade McCaffrey instead. So they're not in a full-blown rebuild. Um, but I, I think they also looked at and remembered what, what uh, Gruden did with Khalil Mack, where he traded him, and then that ended up backfiring on them because Khalil Mack then went on to be Defensive Player of the Year and take the Bears to the playoffs. So I do think there was incentive to keep him. But, yeah, they're not in a full rebuild, but they're definitely going to get a quarterback in the draft. Right, right. And as far as, uh, what was it, the commanders that took down Aaron Rodgers yesterday, uh, Taylor Heineke yeah, uh, was looking good. He was looking really good yesterday. Um, so, and Aaron Rodgers, after the game, he said, uh, you know, maybe this is good for us. You know, this is, uh, you know, maybe this, this is what the team needs, you know, what were they dropped three straight, four straight? Uh, yeah, and they three. Ate, 
and you know they they see the Bills Sunday night. So yeah, yeah he's like, you know, it, it, I think to quote him correctly, it was, uh, you know, maybe this is what we need. You know, where where people, everyone's counting us out now. Yeah, you know, going going into the Bills game, everyone's counting them out already. Maybe that's what they need. You know, a team to sleep on them for them to get that confidence to to come through and actually do some shit. Yeah, no, uh, that's not what they need. They need Devontae Adams. They need to find a way to get him back because they, I that's mean. That's not going to happen. <laughs> they don't really have targets. And and they need Aaron Rodgers to leave some cap space on the table so they can sign somebody decent. But he's not going to do that. So they'll just enjoy the losing streak. Who knows? They might miss the playoffs. I, I mean, yeah. I, I doubt it, but there's a good possibility they drop. They continue to lose the sorry teams. I can definitely see it happening. Yeah, there's definitely a chance for that to happen. Because uh, let me see NFL divisions. Who's in? Yeah, because I think division? the Vikings. I believe the Vikings are number one in that division right now. Um, of course, they'll finish out ahead of the Bears because you know they. I feel like for some reason the Bears are just incapable of beating the Packers. Even regardless of how bad the Packers are, the Bears just can't beat them. Um, but yeah, I do think that the that the Vikings are most likely going to run away with that division. Yeah, I think there's too many shit teams in the NFC right now for them to say they're out. I mean, yeah. even for like a wild card card spot, NFC West is in shambles. Uh, mm-hmm. us, the Seahawks, who are technically in a you know in a in a partial rebuild. Are, right, <laughs> are, are winning the fucking division. Um, which is Smith is killing so, right now. <laughs> right, and, but they just lost DK Metcalf and um, Rashad Penny's out too. So we'll see oh, how yeah. she goes from there. So yeah, but we'll Penny see. being Penny being out is is probably the best thing that happened to them because now they have Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. Walker. And Kenneth Walker is running is about to run away with the rookie of the year the way he's running. So yeah, it's it's a it, that was probably a good thing. And then they lost Metcalf, but they didn't lose him for the year, so he will be back. Um, so they you know they'll they'll be able to continue. But yeah, Geno Smith has been playing insane, and I don't know if it's because a lot of teams are just expecting them to be trash, so they go in there and they're like, yeah, we're about to run through them, and then Geno Smith just goes off. But yeah, they they're looking impressive, and then it just makes the Broncos just look crazy right now because you know you got you got Russell Wilson that doesn't even look like Russell Wilson anymore, and the amount of draft picks, first rounders that they gave away for Russ for Russ is insane. So yeah, it makes the Broncos kind of kind of look crazy while the Seahawks low key look like geniuses. Because they have all that draft capital, not to mention how they had a great draft last season, which is why they're, or this last draft was great, which is why they're being competitive right now. So, yeah, the Seahawks are headed in the right direction. They also have a great coach. Pete Carroll is, despite what anyone might say, he is a fucking great coach. Um, Yeah. He knows how to. Like players just respond to him. I guess I don't know. If that's just being an old college coach, but you know, since he's been there, you see people respond to him, and uh, they respond well. I mean, so but still, I mean, coming out 
coming out of the NFC, it's still a, it's still a tight race, mainly coming, uh, coming out of the NFC East, you see more teams than anything last year. It was the West this year is the East. Uh, But like I said earlier, still early. We'll see how this year pans out. Um, You know, yeah, but, but the AFC looks so much as, uh, Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely got, I got the Bills taking the, the the ring this year. I mean, if any team deserves it, given the history of the Bills in the Super Bowl, I mean, yeah. I think they're due one. So they uh, are due one. They definitely do. So I definitely got them taking it. It's just you know I, I don't see a NFC team being able to compete with them. They're just – they're so damn good. So, yeah. Uh, so, we'll see how, how that goes. The Jets, though, that are also in the in the Bills division, they they uh, they beat Denver, which 16-9, which takes them to 5-2. and two. Uh, But they they have some key injuries. They lost Brees Hall yesterday to a ACL injury yeah. and picked up uh, James Robinson from the Jags. Now, they didn't. The Jazz didn't really give up much um, to give pretty much trade away uh, James Robinson. They they got a conditional sixth round pick that could go to the fifth round pick if Robinson reaches 600 rushing yards this year. Um, another thing I want to touch on is that Elijah Moore demanded a trade because despite them winning games, he was not getting targeted enough. Um, I understand being a receiver, you want to get the ball. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, winning's winning. And here's a soundbite from Sala uh, after the game yesterday. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. There you go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Fuck the team. It's all about me. Fucking money mentality. (laughs) No, the thing about Elijah Moore that gets me is that the Jets have won, and they won because Zach Wilson's not throwing the ball. You know, he's gotten in the last couple of games, I think the he's gotten 21 for the where he's thrown the most. It was 21 throws. And then, I mean, typically anyone ripping, I feel like last week threw the ball 36 times and that's ripping like nobody even really knows who that is. So, yeah, they're, they're clearly they're obviously focusing on the run and he's throwing the ball 15, 20 times. So I really want to know where these targets are coming from. Because if you know if you're throwing the ball 20 times and you have a first round receiver in Garrett Wilson, you're definitely going to be second to Garrett Wilson, right? So and I'm really not understanding no one, where he wants to see these targets come. Right, no one's getting targeted. <laughs> right. So I mean, I understand. Like, it is selfish because at the end of the day, like, your team's winning. Like stay, stick it out. You know you're gonna get in those games where you're gonna be needed, right? Um, you know you're gonna come up against the Bills twice a year, the Dolphins, Patriots. You're gonna see these teams, 
and you're going to be needed. And the run game against like a team like the Bills is not going to do unless you you keep them, manage to keep them at a low score or, you know, unless you you keep a lead with them. But the second they get on fire, the second fucking Josh Allen starts throwing the fucking – damn, I can't think of the receivers now. Fucking Diggs. Diggs and Gabe Davis. Yeah, or Gabe Davis. The second they start going off, then then you'll start seeing the receivers come out. And you better be ready. You fucking better be ready. In the meantime, like, keep your mouth shut. Block for whoever's got the ball. And take the win. Like, at the end of the the day, you know, nobody gives a shit if you got – a thousand yards receiving and your team's in the dirt. Um, you know, you... yeah. I mean, it's true. I, I think that, uh, I mean, at the same time, I feel like they, when, when he saw Brees lightning go down, I'm pretty sure in the back of his mind, he was like, Oh man, we're about to throw the ball now. And the GM was like, Nope, we got James Robinson now. So they're going to continue to go with what's working. And what's working is, running the ball heavy and throwing the ball the least amount of times possible. Um, and, and I don't know if it's because nobody blocks on that team. I'm pretty sure that has something to do with it because the Jets are a non-blocking ass team. Um, but it's also because it's working. If you're, fo- if you're a run first team and your defense is good enough to hold the other team to where you can run that, that game plan and win games, then that's what's going to happen. And Elijah Moore really isn't that good. So it's not, he's not better than Garrett Wilson. So it has to do with the mistakes. It's not like he can't get traded. Right. It has to do with the mistakes that Zach Wilson has been making or could potentially make in the future. They're, you know, they got those two losses and they're like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's, let's see what we can do on the ground. And when Brees Hall was good, he was good. Yeah. why go away from that? Something like that. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Unfortunately, it broke. Yeah. And you know, now's your chance to see what you can do. And with with everything going on since Debo showed what a what a wide receiver could do out of the backfield, you see a lot more teams doing that. You know, with the receivers, where yeah. they take a ass receiver and put them in the backfield and see what they can do. You just make sure when you get that fucking ball that you can get those yards out of the catch. Because if yeah. not, all that shit talking and all that shit that you're talking about, how you want to go to a different team so you can get the ball more, I mean, good luck, dude. Good right, luck. You go lose in Green Bay. They don't tell the receivers do don't get targeted either, but they're not crying about right. it. With Green Bay, I mean – God forbid if you drop a ball because the ball's not going to come back to you. You saw Sammy Watkins wide open, and he did not throw the ball to him. He threw to a check down. So, you know, a lot of teams, especially like in the NFC, like I talked about, nobody's really doing good other than the NFC East. So, you know, with that kind of attitude, do you really think a team's going to want to pick you up, a winning team right now? Yeah, that's you, true. I mean, you're 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 on the line, and you know, with with OBJ potentially coming back, you know, it seems like he he might have learned a little bit from his antics early on in his career. Granted, he wants to go to a winning team and all that shit right now, and he won't be right. back till probably next month. But still, like, you know, you I got mean, better yeah. receivers out there that have proved themselves that are 
that are potentially on the trading block. Yeah, and, uh, receivers in general always cry. So it's, I mean, it's normal. Right, but at least be able to prove yourself a little bit more before That's you start true. some shit. All right, so I'm done talking about the Jets. Fuck, fuck them dudes, because, you know, they they took Robert Sala away from me. <laughs> 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 Moving on. Sunday Night Football. It was the uh, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins against the Steelers. Miami comes out with a win, 16-10. to Uh... This was Tua's first return back since his knockout. Um, <laughs> makes it sound like he's a fighter. But um, he's still not protecting himself. And I, I noticed this a lot with younger quarterbacks. And I feel like that's something at this day and age, especially after you see RG3 and Cam Newton, as much damage as it's, they take um, throughout their careers – if they have a long career or not, you know, you, you figure in college they'd learn how to slide or throw the ball away more, especially knowing that the speed of the game is so much faster. Uh, I was watching the game uh, game yesterday. It was college, uh, Alabama and Mississippi State. And Bryce Young rolls out, and uh, a defensive lineman is chasing him down, but it looks like it's in slow motion. Compared to to the NFL, I was like, "Wow, that that is such a huge difference." Yeah, and this is like right after the uh, the Sunday night game. I was like, "Wow, that's such a huge difference from the NFL." Granted, Bryce Young is 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 fast. He's a mobile quarterback. He did get leveled not long after that, and that defender got called for targeting. But but still, you know, you figure these QBs will start learning in college, like. Yeah, the move from high school to college, I had to gain weight, you know, to, to compete with all these guys and at this next level. And then you're going to have to do the same thing to get in the NFL. And you're going to have to protect yourself more. You see that more and more. You saw Cam Newton get fucked up by the Ravens. You know, to the point and where the I Broncos. And the Broncos, yeah. Especially like Vaughn Miller. Holy yeah. shit. But, yeah, you see that, and you figure they learn how to, you know, try to avoid getting hit, you know, protect your body a little bit more, you know, try to try to lengthen your career a little bit more. And Tua, it, it looked like he didn't learn a motherfucking thing from that knockout. I mean, he like, probably think, forgot. Yeah. If you think about the amnesia <laughs> that probably said, he probably forgot. That, that CT really kicked in because he, you. he decided to take off running for a first down – and then lead with his head into the defender. And I was like, oh, like I was expecting him to throw gang signs at that the end of that play. See, Instead of see. just sliding, I was hoping he would slide or something. He couldn't throw yeah. the ball away at that point because he was past the line of scrimmage. But slide, you know, granted, yeah. when you slide, they count, they stop the, they don't, you know, count forward progress from there. They stop it right at the beginning of the slide. But yeah. still, like, Dude, you just came back from a potentially career-ending, you know, injury, you know, involving your head, your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to fuck up your quality of life later on. And, uh, you know, CTE, you know, you're going to – you're going to protect your head, man. You're fucked. You know, yeah, so no, his body, neurologist was watching that clip. You know, his, his neurologist was definitely worried when he watched that clip. He's like, damn it, I told his ass. 
Told his ass to fucking slide. Nah, I'm blocking ass dolphins. Damn. I, I think we need to send send to a uh a length of the podcast because he needs to hear some he, somebody needs to tell him. Like he's dude, not gonna remember it, so it's not gonna matter because CTE's <laughs> already started, so he's not gonna remember the shit, obviously. Um, and and they're a non-blocking ass team, so it's just what it is. I think eventually he will, you know, he will learn. Um, but as far as like blocking schemes, it looks like this looks like the same shit, just a different game. I mean, regardless though, the Finns do look better with Tua under center. Um, they look much better. He just gets the ball out faster. Um, the receivers, yeah, the whole team responds better to Tua. They just. Yeah. Uh, they just look like a like a stronger team, and they they showed it a little bit last night. I think if the Steelers and uh, Beckett would have would have been successful on that drive right right before the two minute warning yesterday, instead of throwing a pick, um, they would have made the game closer. I mean, it's still sixteen to ten, so it yeah. wasn't like they were blowing the doors off of you know off the stadium, but still, you know, the team still looked better. They they went from Winning the first three, him getting knocked out to losing the next three, to get getting back on track with Tua back in. Yeah, Still, they look fucking rough. I know they beat Tom Brady, but and and the Bucks last week, but that's the Bucks. They're trash right now. Something's going on in that locker room. Maybe it's Tom missing his kids and the whole thing with Giselle that's fucking him up in the head. But, Tom doesn't give a fuck about his kids. He cares about but, football uh, and winning and championships and avocado toast. That's it. Yeah, the man wrote a book on avocado toast. Or ice cream, ice cream. I think it was oh, ice yeah, cream. avocado ice cream. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but um, That's all he cares yeah, about. Either way, the Steelers look, look rough. Their O-line doesn't do shit. No, they, time- those are definitely two non-blocking ass teams. Yeah, every time, you know, Pickett gets the ball, he's taking off. He has to. Otherwise, he'd just get sacked all, all game long. But, I mean, you know, it's – I guess for as much success as Mike Thomas has had, technically it's – you know, it, it was about do that he get a shit year. So, yeah, you know, when it rains, it pours, and it's fucking pouring for them. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it is. But they, you know, they, 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 once they build the offensive line, they have the pieces there. Like the Steelers have good receivers. They have a great running back. They have a good, well, a good running back. You can make the argument that he can be great. Uh, but they have to build the offensive line. They got to build from the, from the inside out because their defense isn't bad either. So they're, they're one draft away, maybe two drafts away from being competitive. They just got to stick it out. Uh, but for now, they're a non-blocking ass team, and last year they were a non-blocking ass team, and nobody knows that better than Najee Harris. That man, that man, <laughs> <laughs> that man's used to the Bama blocking, and <laughs> the Steelers haven't even done that. So, yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been wild to see. But they, I mean, they have pieces. They have pieces there. They just have to they just have to get it together and, and fix that offensive line. But scoring right. is down in the NFL. Scoring is down all across the NFL, and it's because these fucking teams are non. There's some non-blocking ass teams. If motherfuckers well, start blocking more, scoring would go up, and these games 
would be more exciting, and at least fantasy football would be fixed because I think fantasy football is broken right now. Because no, because if the you scoring had the Chiefs, down, if you had the Chiefs or anybody on the Chiefs yesterday, I'm pretty sure games look pretty fucking good. Uh, the Niners shot themselves in the foot over and over again. You see these in every losses. The the penalties were ridiculous. I hate to bring them back up again, but you know it's just you know it hurts my heart. <laughs> to yeah. see my team go down like that. <laughs> but, um, and of course, you know, on my screen, of this fucking thing, it shows Christian McCaffrey makes the Niners debut in 44-23 loss to Chiefs. Why does that even pop up? Like, are you trying to piss me off? Like, fuck out of here. Yeah, anyway, he made his debut. And I think it's going to get better. But moving on, let's close things out with – uh. Tomorrow night's game, it's going to be Baltimore Ravens against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for... Isn't that technically Thursday night? Well, Thursday night, Thursday night, but it's, yeah, Thursday night football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baltimore Ravens. Who yeah. do you got? I, I mean, I think the Bucs are going to bounce back. I feel like the Ravens got lucky against the Browns. I mean, the Ravens were, were, were one missed field goal away from losing to the Browns. So they're they're not really – it's not like they're dominating teams, and I feel like Lamar Jackson has kind of fizzled out. But then again, he has always struggled against the Browns, so it's hard to tell if that was, you know, if that was the Browns or if that was just him. But uh, I, I think I think the Bucks pull it out because they're due. I don't I don't think they're gonna lose four in a row. That would be that would be something else if they lost. Four in a row. The Ravens yeah, are a very beatable team. I think that'd be the first time in Tom Brady's career. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think it's gonna be like you said. The Ravens. They they. I think they got lucky. Maybe it was just with it was a division game. But you saw that a lot with the Ravens this year. Um, they'd be up by ten points and just completely blow it. And I think I think that pattern continues. And like you said, I think. The Bucks get back on track this week. They have a chance to, and um, yeah. and we'll see the the betting odds. They're they're only giving the Ravens one and a half points. Yeah. So, I mean, that should tell you something right there. Yeah, it tells you that they're both some suck ass teams. But we'll see. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we will see. I I do think the Bucks are. are can most likely pull it out, but we'll see who we'll we'll see. It could go either way. I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens did it. It would have to just be a lot of Lamar Jackson because they don't really have much on the offense. Well, I mean, they got a uh, Devin Duvernay who seems to be coming out and Bateman that that seemed to be showing little glimpses here and there during the games. But we'll see uh, if if the Tampa Bay receivers can wake the fuck up. Then I, I got Tampa giving it to him. Uh, yeah. So, so we'll see. Thank you all for listening to Talk to the Walk podcast. This has been Ken and Derek. Y'all have a good night. Peace.